0: Thank you. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I am your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Happy Monday. I totally love having Monday shows for you when we can. So I hope you think this is fun. Singing to us in the background for just a few more weeks before we switch over to new music for our new season in September, our buddy, Mr. Dave Barnes. Hey, please come to Nashville on August 3rd and see Dave at the Rhyme. And it's going to be such a fun show. Actually, if you're coming to town, go ahead and come a day earlier, August 2nd. There's a really fun fundraiser that I am a part of. I'm the host. And pretty much people who've been on the podcast Chris McClarney, Sadie Robertson, and then Holland as well, who will have an episode coming up very soon, and Lauren Daigle, who has an episode coming up soon, and Cody Carnes, who I will get an episode with because I love that dude. All five of them are going to be singing and speaking, and I'll be there hosting on August 2nd. You can get all the details at redjet.com, R E D J E T T.com. So come to town on Thursday for the fundraiser with Red Jet, where all the funds will go to musicians on call. And then stick around Friday night for Dave at The Rhyme, and it'll be super, super fun. So today on the show is one of our good pals. He has been on multiple episodes before. His own episode is episode 28. This is our friend Russ Ramsey, author, pastor, just an all-around great dude. He's also on most of the She Reached Truth he reads Truth episodes as he works there as well, and is kind of a pastor over that. But there are some changes coming. I think you'll be interested to hear what he has to say about that. Russ has three new books, actually, that just came out last week, and I am reading one of them right now and absolutely loving it. And I cannot wait for you to hear our conversation today. It is it is one of my favorites as of late. So here is a really great conversation with my buddy, Pastor Russ Ramsey. Have you had a chance
1: to familiarize yourself with
0: these? No, tell me which are which.
1: Okay, so the the red one? Yeah. We actually, when we did a podcast before, it was this book. Yes. So. Oh, um, this is... Um, th- that was called Behold the King of Glory. Yes, okay. And So so this is brand new, and these two are new editions of Behold the Lamb of God and Behold the King of Glory. Okay, yeah, okay. And so, and so all three of them together, they're all told in a storyteller's voice, they're narrative. Yeah. And so they basically take you on a story through the narrative of Scripture from Eden through Rome. Dude. So this one focuses on Acts. Okay. So basically, this ends with the resurrection, and this picks up with the ascension, Jesus' okay. ascension, and then the Acts of the Apostles.
0: What made you change the names?
1: Um, I brought them all over to Crossway. Yeah. Uh, so they would all have a single publisher. Right. So Behold the Lamb of God was with Rabbit Room Press, and, so, yeah. and it had the same cover art as Andrew's record. Yeah. And so to give a little brand separation from that book... Um, because it was moving over to IVP, we retitled them. So we sort of retitled it. the whole series. Okay. So I, I wanted to keep it the same, but then I thought, you know, when it was on Rabbit Room Press and it was on the merch table for the tours and all that stuff, it, it mm-hmm. made sense for it to, to have the same name as his record. Yeah. But now that there's two other products that that would start with the word "Behold," I just yeah. didn't want to do that to him. I didn't want to. I didn't want to have two. Um, Kind of secondary products that were connected to his Christmas record, which is right. which is his, um, you know, one of the main things that he
0: yeah, does for sure.
1: And so we talked, you know, I just I said, let's let's see if we can retitle. Yeah, um, let's see if we can come up with something different. Yeah, and uh, so we kept the Lamb of God, King of Glory. Yeah, we just got rid of the word Behold. Yeah, so um, he <laughs> just dropped one word. Yeah.
0: Um, Okay, so we just had Andrew Peterson on the show. I know he's awesome. He is. People freaked out about it. Like yeah. people loved it. Yeah. Do you think he's as brilliant as I think he is?
1: I was driving over here, and I thought I want to talk a little bit about Andrew Peterson today. Really? Yeah, because he he is. He's he's well. I don't know how brilliant you think he is, <laughs> um, but Fair. but I think um, he is one of the most. Uh, intentional, intelligent, creative, well-rounded artists with a vision and a knowledge for what it is that he wants to do that, that I know. And he, he and I are very good friends. Yeah. So we've been friends for a long time. And um, these books of mine that are coming out, that I guess are presumably out now, yes. um, wouldn't exist without my friendship with him. Really? Yeah, because, because we... The idea for these books came from conversations with him about writing some more long-form narrative uh, prose that would accompany songs and records that that he was making. Yeah, and uh, you know, so you have an idea like that, and then it just kind of blossoms over time and takes a couple of different shapes. And, yeah, and um, but through that whole process, Andrew has been um, one of my closest. Just listening ears and encouraging yeah. voices, and he's a person who um, he'll speak into things and offer lots of encouragement and also some some critique, and he does it in a way that is uh, that that I just want to hear and I yeah. and I listen to, and and so he's yeah he's he's a good dude.
0: What's the benefit to you of having other men that are creators as good mm-hmm. friends?
1: One of the things is that we know each other for more than our art, you know. Mm. So we know each other as people. We, yeah. We. Um, How did y'all get to be friends? We got to be friends because uh, he uh, was doing music at a pastor's conference that I was attending. Oh, really? And yeah, and here in Nashville? No, in Chicago. And so I saw him one day, like during the daytime, and I was getting ready to go skip the conference and go to the (laughs) Chicago Art Institute. And uh, I'd been a fan of his music for about a year at that point. Um, And I just said, hey, uh, I'm getting ready to go to the Chicago Art Institute. You want to go with me? And he said, okay. And so we basically walked. Yeah. you know, down Michigan Avenue and, and went to the Art Institute. What year is this and about? Where are we? This would have been 2007. Okay. Um, And I know that because shortly after we did that, they launched... He launched the website, The Rabbit Room. Yeah. And he emailed me as they were getting ready to do that and asked if I would be one of the contributors. Okay. So. So, our friendship that we that, you know that started in Chicago then became I was writing for the Rabbit Room, and it's funny because when I think about my my own life as an author and as a writer, if I were to put my finger on where it started in earnest, I've always kind of journaled and written things, but it was when Andrew invited me to start writing for the Rabbit Room. when I started doing the part of writing where you are thinking now about an audience mm-hmm. and you're thinking about your voice and you're thinking about. And you know, you're awkward, you know, at least I was, just kind of awkward trying to figure out, okay, what's, I don't know what's funny. I don't know if I should inject little lines of little jokes and, you know, to endear people to me or or whatever. Um, But he and I and a few other people, um, there were maybe seven or eight of us at the time, started writing for this uh, blog, not knowing if anybody would read it. And really, one of the underlying uh, hopes was that it would be something that we would use to just help and sharpen each other's uh, writing skills yeah. and so now it's been 11 years and um, do you still write for them I do yeah. I do I don't do it as much as I used to I used yeah. to I used to write for them about once every week or two um, and it's scaled way back now um,
0: you have a lot going on I, I do but but <laughs> I
1: you know that's one of the things that I always you know, I'm promising myself. Okay, start writing more for the Rabbit Room. Get yeah. back, get back in the mix there.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, so, um, so hopefully, hopefully I'll do that. All right. <laughs> That's what okay. I'm so,
0: talk about all the things you're balancing currently. You're a pastor at.
1: Yeah. So I'm a pastor at Christ, Christ Presbyterian Pres. Church. And I'm getting ready to launch a third site for Christ Prez. So Christ Prez yeah. is a multi-site model, and uh, we're kicking off a third one, and I'll be the pastor for that.
0: I love it. Where is so it going to
1: be? It's going to be in the Cool Springs area. Okay. Uh, we're still zeroing in on a location, um, but that's the hope is that it would be you know, south of Nashville on the I-65 corridor. Why? So,
0: Why are you all putting one there?
1: Uh, because for a number of reasons. One, because we live there. Uh, my family lives in that area. Um, yeah. A lot of our friendships are there. Our kids are in school in that community, so we're as far as the community we're tied yeah. there, and we've been yeah. there for a number of years. Um,
0: I love when churches do that when they plant in the same zip code, practically, or in the same area, the same mm-hmm. county um, or area, yeah. because communities are smaller than just a than a whole county or right. than a city. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that particular part of Nashville is exploding. Um, yeah. That just it, well, all of Nashville is exploding, but that's an area of high concentration, yeah. and it's um, tons of residential going in, new businesses, everything's under construction everywhere out there, and uh, there's just tons of people moving yeah. uh, to town that that are you know either looking for a church or don't have a church, and I just really uh, I love doing ministry with people who are unsure of what they think. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, Nashville's a place where people come here to figure out their identity a lot of times or to make an identity or to succeed at something, whether it's, you know, medicine or music or something in entertainment or Uh or whatever. And uh, the city has a way of just kind of um, crushing you on the anvil of reality, you know. Mm. Um, And I love being in the mix with people who are in the process of yeah. of trying to figure out who God has made them to be and, yeah. and maybe, you know, grieving over lost dreams. and
0: Yeah, because uh, that area of town you're going to get, you know, y'all's downtown campus has a lot of young single people, a lot of college students. That area, you're going to get a ton of families mm-hmm. and probably a lot of people who are on that border of, is my dream gonna come true or not?
1: Right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And there's you know there's a lot of corporate world out there uh-huh. and I'm an artist, I'm an, I have an artist temperament. I, I'm i not a, an artist on the Enneagram, but, yeah. I, but I'm, but I- What are you on the Enneagram? I'm, I'm a nine.
0: Are you? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so nice, that makes sense.
1: But I'm a Midwestern kid too. Yeah. Like I grew up in Indiana with farmland and very, you know, no nonsense blue collar type people. Yeah. And I love areas like Cool Springs that's a little bit more corporate and a little bit has a little bit less soul,
0: you know, yeah, than, yeah. than
1: a neighbor, another neighborhood in Nashville. That's an interesting in might
0: thing have. to say, yeah.
1: I love being in that context because I feel like those are my people. And at the same time I want to uh, minister in a way that sur- stirs their souls creatively yeah. uh, and incorporates beauty. In, yeah. Into what we do and that's so so interesting yeah so you're I, so the
0: right guy for that I mean, I mean just having a heart like that that's what I want it's what yeah. I want
1: um, well, one of the other things I do I'm doing right now is I'm transitioning out of a role at she reads truth I know, I know that I'm we've so we've sad. been on this podcast a few times. And uh, they're going to be okay. They're going to be. They're going to do great. Uh, I know, and, but it's it, going to be
0: so sad without <laughs> you there, Russ.
1: Yeah, they've they've been so kind to me and so good to me. Um,
0: and but I'll how st- could you do I'll, that I'll, and be yeah. a full yeah
1: yeah? I'll stay connected to them and I'll continue to write for He Reads Truth. Yeah, and, good. And just you know, I'll be in the same neighborhood. I mean, yeah. the, the church will actually be in the same general areas where the offices are. So. Oh, good. Uh, Yeah, so I'll stay connected there. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I'm doing that, and then
0: I'm so sad. I mean, I'm they will be fine and great, but Uh you're you've been such a good voice of leadership there. Man,
1: they are so. There's that's the real deal. That place,
0: right? I Um, know it really is, and it's amazing to watch Amanda, one of the women who Mm -hmm. also runs it with you. Uh, her adoption story with oh, Toby yeah. has just been incredible to watch. Yeah, you can have her on to talk about that. Oh, for sure. We're gonna you, have to because yeah. yeah, I mean, I just I'm dying for her to talk about it. I need to get her and Meredith that runs the Orphanage on at the same time.
1: That would be great. But you know, I
0: just got back from China. I went to China yeah. at the end of June, the beginning of July. Yeah, tell
1: me about that. It was man. awesome.
0: I just went to go visit my cousin who's a teacher there. We just went it was just like pure tourism, just for fun. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was like with he and his wife speak Chinese and they live there and all I had to do was pay to fly there. So we did. That's amazing. It was awesome. But the whole time I was thinking, Toby lives here. Like Amanda's son, Amanda's kid, like the Williams boy lives here. And they don't and then the next week they flew over. Yeah. I mean it's just it's crazy. I love it. But seeing seeing how her and Rachel and you and a lot of the employees, but y'all are my three closest friends there, how Y'all run your real lives. You go, like, yeah, yeah, anybody can be a part. Anybody should be reading He Reads Truth and She Reads Truth because the people who are mm-hmm. writing it are living what they write. Yeah. Which I love.
1: Well, the thing we have going for us is we we genuinely love the Bible. Yeah. Uh, we just love it. You yeah. know, it's a great thing to be able to spend time, you know, to spend your work day studying the Bible, yeah. trying to figure out how to help people know it better and read it more. And, yeah. And uh, yeah.
0: So there are tons of people who always are trying to figure out when to leave and when to stay. Mm-hmm. How did you know when it was right to leave? How did you decide?
1: Well, um, that is a great question. I don't know that you always know. Mm. I think that there's always a stepping out in faith. You know, yeah. a few years ago, I stepped out of a role in a church and didn't know what I was going to do next. And the lord took really good care of us and one of the things he did is he brought me into she reads truth
0: yeah
1: uh, to be a part of that um, but you know for me um, i'm a pastor that's who i am yeah. that's my calling it's i i've never uh, wondered if god was calling me to be a pastor and
0: how how did you know uh well
1: i just knew that i knew that i knew okay. <laughs> you know there was a there was a
0: As long as you can remember.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, no, I can actually. If you want, I can tell you the story of the moment. Yeah. 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 So I'd always been. uh, Well, I became a Christian when I was in high school, um, and I was of the kind that uh, would read seven chapters of the Bible every day and write three pages in a prayer journal when I was fifteen.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And. That's just, that's part of my introverted nature. It's part of just yeah. how I'm wired as I, I kind of live in my head a little bit. Um, but I didn't really, I went into college not knowing what I wanted to do and so I was a psych major. Um, because Where'd you I, go to school? I went to Taylor University okay, uh, in Indiana. And so I, I studied psychology because I felt that that was a degree that would prepare me for almost any kind of graduate program. Sure. Um, I didn't really want to be a psychiatrist. Right. But I loved people and how they're wired and how they think and how they struggle. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so I got married right after college and my wife and I moved here to Nashville, Tennessee. I worked for a record producer and musician named Charlie Peacock who has a ministry. He had a ministry to artists at the time called The Art House. And I was very drawn to that. I was a musician and I'd, I'd I'd opened for him before. And Uh, just was connected that way and loved helping Christian artists have a worldview uh, that's bigger than just writing Christian songs, but is about thinking about all of life through the lens of this is what I believe and it affects everything. So I came and I worked for him and uh, ended up also doing work as a landscaper. And I remember I was working on a new... Residential subdivision. It was summer, I was it was a hundred degrees outside, kinda like it is right now. Right. I'm gonna describe it to you. I remember that it was a subdivision where there was no grass, there were no plants, and all of the houses were basically um, framed out and so everything was kind of brown. You know, it was like two by fours and dirt and I was out there planting large trees trees that you know would be 25 feet tall. And so I was chipping away at the earth uh, with this shovel, digging this hole that was about four feet deep and about four feet across by myself. And I'm standing in this hole. and Actually, I liked the work. So yeah. it wasn't drudgery like I got to right. get out of here and do something else. I, I liked it. But I remember standing in that hole and sensing the Lord say to me, this isn't it.
0: Hmm.
1: And I loved it. I was prepared to be like a lifer. Yeah. In uh, In landscape architecture. In in landscape architecture. (laughs) It wasn't an audible voice, but it was something just as clear as anything. Yeah. And so I went home and my wife and I had been married about a year at that point. And I went home and I said, I was nervous. And I, I just told her, I said, I think I think God's calling me to be a pastor. And she looked at me and she said, I've been waiting for the day when you'd walk through the door and say that.
0: (gasps) No way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so she said, what do we need to do? Yeah. And I said I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how one becomes a pastor. Right. Uh, so I called my pastor Scotty Smith and I said yeah. I'm terrified. I, f- I feel like God's calling me to do this and he said, "Good. You're supposed to feel that way. Yeah. It's good it's good that you're that you're scared of the call." Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and then he told me what a seminary was cuz I didn't know. Yeah. And I said, "Well, where would I find one of those?" And he said, "There's a great one in St. Louis." And so I went off to Covenant Seminary and um, but it was that moment in that
0: And so there's no doubting for the rest of your life. No, no, it was pretty clear. It was,
1: it was, it just fit perfectly, and it, and it rang all my bells, and it, it, uh, it's part ministry, part working with scripture, part artistry, um, Mm -hmm. and just working with people. Yeah. And so, I love it. So I've always. Carried that sense of call, and I've never questioned that sense of call. Yeah. Um, I've questioned the context of my sense of call. That's right. Uh, but uh, but not the sense of call itself. And so, uh, yeah. Earlier this year, Christ Prez came to me and they said, "Hey, we want to do a third site." And I'd already been a pastor on staff with them in a just a very small way. You mm-hmm. know, they they kept me on the books and um, and you know I did some things here and there, taught a Sunday school yeah. class. But they said we, we'd love for you to think about this. Yeah. And um, as we prayed and and thought about it, I just felt like, yeah, yeah, I think this is right. I love the church. I love the vision. I love the city. I love my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, I love the rhythm of pastoral life and work. And so, uh, yeah, so here we are. That's amazing. Jumping, in, jumping back in. Yeah,
0: jumping back in like full time, like yeah. planting. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. like
0: not taking over a church that already exists. That's like stacking and unstacking chairs. Yep,
1: yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. all that. Everything that goes with it. Yeah. So, so. you think
0: y'all be in like an elementary school or a building like that to start? Yeah,
1: probably. Is that the plan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're looking around right now at, at spaces like that. Yeah. We won't, we won't buy anything. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, something that'll have space for us and for some kids and and yeah. uh, you know.
0: The way Christ Prez does multi-site, does Scott Saul's the pastor, is he videoed to the no, other sites no, no, or do no, y'all no. go around
1: No, I will be the pastor that people will You'll know. Teach yeah. I'll as be the well. preacher. I'll be okay. the I'll be casting the vision for what I mean, it'll be a Christ Prez church and so Got we it. already have a vision and mission, but I'll be the one leading that in its particular way at this yeah, particular church. Yeah. And uh, for folks who don't come over from one of the other Christ Pres campuses, I'll be the only pastor they know. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'll be the, the preacher and leader and and yeah. And then so S- Scott and I... So you're literally
0: starting a brand new church by yourself.
1: Yeah. But with, with a whole lot of help.
0: Yeah, 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 uh,
1: yeah. You know, the great thing about a site model is I already have HR and payroll yeah, and that's background right. checks and yeah. you know... Um, we've got a lot of the infrastructure, bulletins get printed, we have copying machines, you know all that stuff yes, that, that yes. are just those little costs and and things we have got that you yeah know? um so I like that it it helps us to be a little bit more lean and mean, you know um, what
0: does success look like for you in that? um it would look like
1: me having a clear conscience when I stand before mm, people yeah. uh that I am doing more business with the Lord than I am with them, yeah, uh, I think, would be, would be one of the things. I think uh, success would be the people in the church uh, serving as the church in the community with their neighbors and their work and all the different ways that they can serve. Yeah, those, those yeah, would be some of the things that beautiful. I would look at. It would be a sign of success to me that people who were going through spiritual crises... Would feel like this was a safe place to wrestle, yeah. um, and that we would honor the crises of faith that people have, mm-hmm. uh, not talk down.
0: Yeah,
1: welcome questions. See, I think when people get into their, let's just say, when people get into their thirties, yeah, uh, or late twenties, early thirties, a- after after college and after kind of that initial little. Window of time, you know, mid twenties. Uh, if folks reach that point in their lives and they've been a Christian for longer than ten years, then a lot of for for a lot of people, not for everybody, but for a lot of people, them coming to faith happened during a time when they they didn't have a lot of life experience mm-hmm. under their belt, and so
0: you're you're able to. That's for sure true of me. I was like five. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. so. So things
1: are kind of black and white. Yeah, right? you see things with crystal right. clarity. Somebody right. says, "Somebody says Jesus loves you. Do you want to love Him back?" And you say, "Well, why wouldn't I? Of yeah. course, I want to love Him yes. back." Yes. You know. Yes. But then life happens, yeah. and you you have a vocational crisis, or you um, get caught in some kind of uh, moral failing, or yeah. you lose a marriage, or you miscarry, or you lose a job, or you know, you have these things happen. And all of a sudden, you are, you know, you're 28, you're 35, you're 50. Yeah. And you're saying, I have a whole new set of questions about my faith that I didn't have when I first became a Christian. Yeah. And I don't know if it's okay to ask them because it can feel like, you know, the experience of the Christian life should be that I'm. I'm only resolving all of these questions. Right. And so by now... I should By have, now I should
0: have the answers, yeah, not I more be, questions. You should be done with that. Yeah. And,
1: and I think, you know, one of the things that I see all all the time is people who are saying, I have a whole new set of questions and concerns and doubts and uh some some business that I want to do with the Lord and I don't know if it's okay to do that. I don't yeah. know if it's okay in my church to raise that yeah. or if that'll be seen as um a lack of faith and then is it okay to have a lack of faith or yeah. or am I supposed to be past that? And um I just think that the gospel can stand up under any of the questions that we ask. Yeah. It has yeah. so far and that's people right. people have asked some doozies that's right I don't think that I can throw an objection to God that will topple yeah. Uh, Christianity yeah that's uh, right because it hasn't happened yet yeah. you know and and I don't think he minds yeah in fact I think he wants us to say I believe help my unbelief
0: yeah I, yeah I don't
1: know what to think of you yeah um I don't know you're not who I thought you were yeah, can we talk about that? Yeah, and so as a pastor, that's such
0: an honest sentence to say to the Lord. You're not who I thought you were. Can we just talk about that? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I've had to say that. I didn't, I didn't say it that well, but I've had to say that to the Lord. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know that you can get to the end of your life as a faithful believer without having to deal with that question. And maybe that's of, what happens when
0: people fall out of this. Russ, is maybe what happens is they don't. Ask the questions mm. maybe they just feel the frustration and walk
1: yeah, that could be I would imagine for for a lot of people it's it's the discord of feeling like I'm supposed to carry myself and look a certain way, but I feel a different way yeah and I don't know that I can say that and still represent yeah um, the gospel and yeah. for me. I think no that's where that's where a lot of the change happens. That's where a lot of the growth happens. I mean if, if people look at their lives and say where are the seasons where I grew the most? Where my faith was strengthened the most? Where I learned the most? It's almost never in those seasons where everything's humming along just fine and yeah. everything's great and it's I yeah. had I had enough time to do some pleasure reading and I read this great book. <laughs> that
0: exactly really taught are right. a lot. It's, no, it's exactly it's, right. It's no it's it's
1: when the the hand of God puts a match to a yeah. Uh, you know, a straw house that you're building, and he burns yes. it to the ground. Yes. And and you look at him and you say, "Why did you do that?" Yeah. You know. <laughs>
0: and uh, my friend Ashley and I went to lunch today, and we were talking about this, where we were kind of making jokes about a hard season. I've come through to the other side, and I said to her, "As as much as I hated that, it absolutely changed my life. Yeah, I hated it, yeah. and it changed my life." And I am so I I would not if the Lord today gave me the chance to to go back and not experience that
1: mm-hmm.
0: knowing what I know what I gained from it, I would do it again i I think I genuinely would do it again, even though it was terrible, yeah, because of who I know him to be on the other side yeah and and who I know me to be on the other side right and so so yeah I think I think we have to ask those questions. We have a ton of people who respond when they hear podcasts like you Scott Sauls-huh. Pastors who come on and talk about staying in church yeah. and being committed to your church, and, and even Carlos Whitaker was on and talked about like, well, we knew when it was right to go to a different church, mm-hmm. and how how God showed up for them there. What do you? Why does the church matter? Why do people need to go to church versus like listening to podcasts? Why is this not enough?
1: We were made to be in relationship with one another, and. Um, one of the great gifts that the Lord gives His people is one another. Mm. Um, I think as much as the church uh, can step on its own toes and become a public spectacle of embarrassment to itself sometimes, I think it is an intellectually weak uh, cop-out to describe the body of Christ as just being that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a poor logical argument to judge anything on its weakest moment. Yeah. Um, and so the reality is that a church that is healthy is a group of people who are saying to each other, the reason I'm here is because I mess up. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm here is because I fail. And I need more than just Friends to help me do better. I need a savior. I need somebody yeah. who can deliver me from this body of death. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so the Lord gives us the church. He gives us one another. He gives us people that will walk with us through things. Who will rejoice when we rejoice and weep when we weep and take our phone calls at three in the morning with yes. words of encouragement when we don't when we're not sure what's going to happen with yeah. a, a wayward child or a struggling marriage or a, an addiction of some kind and. So it's a great gift that the Lord gives us. I also think that that we need the church because the church keeps us uh, from being theoretical. Uh, it makes us actual. We, mm. we're, we're living in real relationship with yeah. people. One of the worst things that we can do, and it happens all the time now, is to make kind of straw man characters of the opposing viewpoints and then to tear down the straw man. Yeah. Uh, it's not real. It's not a genuine thing. And for Christians... Um, It's important for us to, you know, the church is a place where God picks your friends for you. Mm. Uh, I have friends in my life that I, we, you know, we joke we never would have been friends in high school, yeah, uh, because we're just so different from each other. Um, And yet the Lord brings them into your life and says these are going to be your people. You're going to walk with them if you go to a church for, you know, pretty consistently over the course of a year. You will see. The people that you go to church with more than you will see your own parents. Yeah, you're right. More than you see the people who stood up with you in your wedding. Mm. You'll see that these, in fact, these will be the only people other than co workers that you will see on this regular basis. And they're there to be your community, yeah. to be your people. Yeah. Not all of them. You don't need to be best friends with everybody in the church, but. It's one of the Lord's gifts, you yeah. know, and, you know, we can talk about the books in a little bit, but yeah, yeah. I, one of the books that I just wrote is, is about the formation of the early church in yeah. the book of Acts, and there's some beautiful stories of courage and tenacity and... and a willingness to speak into each other's um, BS, you know, yeah. and, and to challenge each other and, and call each other to live as followers of Jesus. I, circling back to our, our Andrew Peterson conversation, I, I, without friends like him, um, who, you know, we're friends first and foremost because of the faith that we share. Yeah. Uh, without friends like that, my life would be so less rich yeah. than it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when I look at people like him, like Andy Osanga, um, you know Rachel and Amanda, people, yeah. these friends that the Lord has brought into my life, they—I see His grace given to me through the input and the friendship and the faithfulness and the concern and and the wisdom and the perspective mm-hmm. of all of these people who um, who who we share a worldview, but we don't yeah. share the same life.
0: Yeah. 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 I think that's brilliant. I think there, I think there's an inclination because church is so full of humans that we all get hurt. <laughs> it's full of yeah? humans. Yeah. It's just full of them. Yeah. And so and there's this inclination to go, Well, I I I'm not gonna do church like that anymore. Yeah. I'm gonna listen to podcasts of pastors that I love across the country. Right. And then I'm gonna have dinner with some friends every week. Right. And it's like do that for sure. I listen to pastors from other places. Sure. I they are churches I love listening to. Um, when I'm out walking or whatever, and there has been a season. Well, you know what Crosspoint mm-hmm. walked through. There was a season where I listened more to Bill Johnson from Bethel than the what was happening in the church I was going to. Yeah, I needed a pastor. Yeah, in that season, but I knew that that wasn't the long term solution. Yeah,
1: no, the church is the place where you know. When you join a church, I don't I don't know if your church does an actual church membership mm-hmm. or not. Um, but when you join a church, whether it's by taking public vows or by just saying, you know, this is my place, these are yeah. my people. Yeah. One of the things you're saying is you're saying to the people around you, I have the capacity to ruin my life. <laughs> yeah. And I'm asking you to speak into my life when you see me do that.
0: Yeah.
1: I want you to Challenge me I want you to come after me if I go away yeah who has that right this is what the church does is we, we we're called to be people who notice each other yeah. who learn each other's stories and and are able to say you don't look like you're doing well are you okay mm-hmm. or when you just sort of vanish from community for people to pick up the phone yeah. and say what's going on where are yeah. you I haven't seen you yeah. in a while yeah. That's a big part of the the role of the church is to is so that we can go after each other, yeah, uh, and and bring each other back, yeah, uh, into community. Because yeah. we will we will as a pastor, I see this all the time. I see people um, begin to take steps out of community, and you know they'll they'll start coming less frequently, and then they'll just kind of disappear for a while. And the truth is, most, more often than not, when I get the phone call of the urgent parishioner whose life has fallen apart, uh, whether an affair has been discovered or whatever it is, when you look at their timeline, one of the things that that is very common to see is a process of withdrawing from the structure of community. Yeah, it precedes it. Um, I see it in me. Yeah, I do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's and sometimes it's it's. They're withdrawing from community because they're doing this thing. Sometimes they're withdrawing from community because they have an appetite for this thing and they can't go after it until they've positioned themselves to where they can look at themselves in the mirror, you know? Mm-hmm. I have the potential for this in me too. Yeah. Um, in fact I do this in various ways. Yeah. I, I, I know too. I do this in various ways. I'm a hider. Ways. I can, yeah. yeah, I will yeah.
0: I will figure out a way to hide if yeah. I need to hide. But I do have people both in my church where I go, but also in my life that go, eh, why haven't we seen you? Mm-hmm. Where have you been? What are you doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I am super grateful. So is that what made you write the book on Acts? Is it just your love of the church? What made you Go to that one next, The Mission of the Body of Christ, This one's called.
1: It is. Uh, it's my love of scripture is mm. that, that made me... So the three books together... Um, yeah, they're
0: all releasing on the same day. They release on the same day That's from crazy. InterVarsity
1: Press. Uh, two of the three books in the series are new editions of books that I've released in the past. Yeah. They're with IVP now. Um, so there's The Advent of the Lamb of God, The Passion of the King of Glory, and The Mission of the Body of Christ. And what they're they beautiful. are is a narrative retelling of the story of scripture. Yeah. So they're the way I describe them to people is they're biblical literacy tools to help you understand the story of the Bible.
0: Oh, that's brilliant.
1: Because, you know, when you read the Bible, most of it is narrative. Yeah. It's got a lot of, you know, chapters and and then, you know prophecies and poetry and lists of names and yeah. all that. But if you if you isolate just the narrative part of the story that's being told, it's an amazing story that's being yeah. told. It's a story of God you know, saying, I'm going to take you as my people and I'm going to keep you and I'm never going to forsake you and I'm going to give yeah. you a redeemer and then him doing that. And so what what my books do is I tried to um, tell that story in a storyteller's voice. Yeah. And so the Advent book... Is uh, the Old Testament all the way up through the birth of Jesus? So, oh, it's, very
0: easy. Just a few, right, just a few things.
1: Right. Well, it's it, the idea is it's the story of the need for and the coming of Jesus. Yeah. And then, uh, and it's twenty-five chapters, so you can read one every day in December if you want to use it as oh, an Advent yeah, that's right. type of book. That's
0: beautiful, and yeah. that one, that's the red one.
1: No, that's the blue one.
0: Oh, it's the blue one. Sorry, yep. sorry, sorry. The, the Advent of... The, oh, yep. it even has Advent yep. in it. I'm an idiot. Yep. And at, the Advent of the Lamb of God. Okay.
1: And then The Passion of the King of Glory uh, is 40 chapters. So if you want to read it during the Lent...
0: Oh my gosh, it's, you're brilliant. It's, yeah,
1: it's, Russ, it's that.
0: And it's... Uh, those are our two holiday books for the year. Advent, and then we'll catch The Passion of the King of Glory at yay. Lent. Brilliant. It's, okay. Yeah,
1: and that's the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus. So it, yeah. basically what I did is I took the four Gospels and sort of synthesized them into one... Narrative and yeah. really focused on the narrative itself, uh, sure. and uh, and they're they're filled. These books are all filled with hundreds of scripture references in the back because what I didn't want to do was just try to invent a clever way of telling the Bible. What I wanted to do is I really wanted to just focus on what the Bible says because yeah. it's so rich and full of detail. And so all of those notes are in the back so that as you're reading, if you want to go to the source of what it is that I just said, you can find it back there. Yeah. So that was a huge part of this project was making sure that I had all of this annotation for, for people to use oh it as a gosh. resource.
0: That's a ton of work.
1: And so then um, the rest of the narrative of the Bible after the resurrection is the ascension of Jesus and then the establishment of the early church as told in the book of Acts. And so I wrote the new book, uh, the one that hasn't that's never been released before, The Mission of the Body of Christ. To finish off the story of the Bible. So when you put all three of them together, it takes you from Eden to Rome. Oh, wow. And uh, you can't finish telling the story of the Bible with the resurrection of Jesus because he rises and then he tells his disciples, go and make disciples of all the nations. And then there's this whole other story that follows that of the apostles and and Paul doing that very thing in a way that was filled with drama and risk and Boldness and yeah. suffering, and um, but I don't know if other people have this experience. When I have read the Book of Acts, and I've read it a number of times, it has a story in it. Yeah. But it's hard sometimes for me to follow the thread mm-hmm. of the story because mm-hmm. there are places where it'll stop, and Peter will deliver a big sermon. Yeah. You know, and it'll go and it'll go all the way through. You know. Uh, you know, the Old Testament. And mm-hmm. and so you got your missionary journeys and, you yeah. know. And so what I tried to do is, is tell all of that in a seamless narrative flow so yeah. that you would be able to read it and say, oh, this is what the story of Acts. And then I pulled from some of the other epistles in the New Testament, little narrative details that are in there, but not in Acts and put them where they would go. Yeah. Um, so there's a passage where, you know, Paul talks about confronting Peter to his face because Peter was favoring Jews over Gentiles. That's not in the book of Acts, but because of it, where it's mentioned in Galatians, we know where it happened. When it happened, so, yeah. So I put that in. You know?
0: Yeah. Uh, and oh, that's brilliant. You
1: know, so yeah. So trying to thread together all of that. So it's a biblical literacy tool. These three books, IVP gave it a, a series title. They're calling it the Retelling the Story series.
0: Yeah.
1: So, uh, which is kind of awesome yeah. that they're releasing three books at the same time and giving. Yeah. It do you a like that they're
0: all three going out the same day? I
1: do. Yeah. I do. I, I love it. And they are going to. Um, do some publicity closer to Advent and closer to Easter for the yeah, for those two books. I
0: would think so. Um, but do you know what's really interesting is I I'm a big fan of uh, sets of days, knowing seasons, and knowing this is 40 days, and this is and and sometimes I'll look back on my life and I'll go. Oh, between when that started to here was forty days. Oh, you uh-huh. know, like I, yeah. but, you know, I kind of like to. My brain kind of works yeah. in the prophetic anyway a lot, mm-hmm. and so I'm always looking for yeah. patterns. I'm always looking for whatever. And this morning I wrote in my journal, I just need a new book that'll go for 40 days because in 40 days from now is an important day for me. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do Russ's book. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I don't have to wait for Advent. I mean, I don't have to wait for no, Lent. Yeah. I'm going to do it. That's, this is what I'm going to read with me for the next 40 days.
1: You know, you know how many chapters is the, the mission of the body of Christ? Oh, okay. Let me think what would be
0: next. Okay. What would be intentional next? So if you got 25 for Advent, 40 for Lent. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know the length of ordinary time. Um,
1: Oh, you're on the right track.
0: It would be Pentecost. Would Pentecost be involved? No. No. Okay, I'm going to look at how many there are and see if that tells me. 31 a month? Yep. How come? So you can read one a day.
1: Because it's symbolic of ordinary time.
0: Oh, there we go. Ordinary oh, okay.
1: ordinary time happens.
0: Y'all taught me ordinary time. The yeah, she reads truth, he reads truth it, shows. It,
1: it happens a number of times during the liturgical year.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, ordinary time is basically all of the time that's not Advent, Pentecost, yeah. Lent, yeah. Epiphany. Yeah. Um, those those seasons, the rest of it
0: yeah, rest is ordinary time. Yeah. And
1: so it was a symbolic gesture to make it that's 31 brilliant. chapters so that it would be... Kind of, you know, this is this is the everydayness of of life, which is where a lot of us, you know, spend most of our time.
0: Yeah, because that's the interesting thing, Russ, is that I've felt the Lord. uh, What I've been sensing—I wish I had my journal with me today. I didn't bring it today, but I would show you. I've been sensing a couple of things for me. One being this forty-day, this little window that I'm Mm. about to start, and the other being just read about Jesus. Yeah. Just like get in the Gospels and go through the Gospels. I, I was listening to a pastor on a podcast the other day say that he said he said something like for about ten years I just read through the Gospels over and over again mm. and I was like how do you casually <laughs> do the Gospels for ten years? But I mean that's such discipline.
1: It's not a bad habit,
0: right? Right. It's not <laughs> yeah. a bad habit to pick up. Yeah. And so I've been thinking about so I'm I'm not going to wait for Lent next year. This is I'm going in on this. In awesome. July.
1: Well, the chapters are relatively short, so they won't take you. You know that long,
0: yeah. And uh, they're beautiful this, this too. Whole, the cover, I mean, the wow. designs are just. Did you get to help be a part of that, or did they bring them to you? Do they have in-house people. that They are have this in, good?
1: a guy named David Facet did these covers. David the, Facet, yeah, we he, see you, buddy. Yeah, David. He's the he's the art director at InterVarsity Press, That's and he incredible. did these covers. They are they're beautiful. Um, I, sp- I speak into it a little bit. Yeah. You know, having they're worked beautiful. with yeah, having worked with She Reads Truth, who has an amazing oh, art department. <laughs> yeah. I've learned that if the designer is good and David is n- is more than good. Yeah. Uh, he's fantastic. Yeah. I'll give a little input um but I really don't want to get I don't want to put too much in their heads. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'll say things like you know, no pictures of people. Yeah, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Less is more. Yeah,
0: yeah, but yeah. But
1: there's, you know, good designers out there, that's what they – restraint and polish is what they yes. want. You yes. know, they don't want to fill it with – make it super busy. and. Yeah. Um, but, man, he just nailed he it. He nailed it. And if you put them all side by side, they fit together like a puzzle. Uh,
0: what? Hold on, is, hold on. Yeah. Okay, so – Yeah, keep going. So the blue goes on the left. Oh my gosh, they do fit together like a puzzle. Isn't that crazy? (gasps) That's so brilliant. I love stuff like that. Yeah. So then, you can always remember the blue, the red, the green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I know you guys that are listening are having to use your theater of the mind to see this, but <laughs> Google it, and because they're out, they come out July tenth. Yep, and this show comes out the week after. So oh, it does. Yeah, yeah, right after. So they will be able to see them easily on the internet. That's brilliant that yeah. they all stack together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what is the best part of these releasing as a pastor? Use your pastor mm-hmm. brain. Mm-hmm. What is it about these existing in the world that you're excited about?
1: I think that one of the best ways to hide scripture in the heart is by way of the imagination. I think one of the best ways to hide anything in the heart is by way of the imagination. It's that's why we go true. to movies. It's why we, we read novels. It's why we're fascinated with story is if I can deliver some kind of truth in the Trojan horse of a story, yeah, it will find its way into your heart and you'll never forget it. Yeah, that's right. And so f- back in Deuteronomy, the Lord tells his people, Tell your children about me when you're walking on the road, when yeah. you're sitting by the fire at night, yeah. when you're tucking them in. And they didn't have scrolls. They Like it, w- the average family didn't have a book. Yeah. It w- they just had the stories. And so they would tell the stories. And the whole idea was you are going to know these stor- stories forward and back. And I I was inspired by that with these to say, I want to do these in a storyteller voice, like, like almost a... Uh, did you hear the one about, do you <laughs> yeah. remember the story about, yeah. let me tell you the story about, and then to tell it in a way that is mining the details of the mm-hmm. Bible and and the drama of it yeah. in a way that would be captivating. Because I think for me, writing the books, getting into the 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 heart of the story and the the details that are there that'll break your heart if you just if you yeah, notice them yeah. and we read right past them but there's so many things in there yeah. that just will break your heart if you stop and think about what's being said here yeah um to to draw those things out and to make those connections for people my yeah. my my hope and prayer for these books is that that the result they would have is that people who read them would be biblically literate people yeah that they would know what the bible they would know the story of the bible yeah
0: and, and what it um, actually says yeah and
1: yeah. what it says
0: yeah yeah I think that is um, brilliant. There, The only detail like that that's ever made me cry was in... Uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but I think it's in Luke, when Peter denies Christ the third time, and they make eye contact.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. My gosh. That detail's in there. It's, it it's in It ruins my life. Yeah. It's awful.
0: The yeah. idea that Jesus was close enough to hear his best friend deny that he even knew him, and mm-hmm. then they made eye contact. Mm-hmm. I, I just think... Yeah. I can't, that is one, when we get to heaven... I'll ask Jesus about it, but he'll be really busy. I'll ask... Peter will be less busy for yeah. a bit. But Peter, I'm just going to be like, tell me when Jesus died and the last time you made eye contact with him was when you denied him. What did you do? I mean, yeah, why didn't he kill himself? Yeah. Why did Judas and why didn't Peter? Yeah. Can you imagine?
1: It's amazing. Yeah. You want to know one that gets me yeah, every I time? Do. So uh, Jesus was anointed with oil, or mm-hmm. perfume a couple of times in the yes. Gospels. One of the times was the woman who had the expensive alabaster flask that was worth a year's wages, that yes. one. Yes, That happened on the Wednesday of Holy Week.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, which means that, so he, the Last Supper and the arrest and the scourging happened on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So this is a culture that doesn't shower regularly. You know, it's a culture that, that you know, a lot of hygiene is through the application of oil and perfumes yeah. and things like this. yeah. And so on the Wednesday before the cross, so Jesus was crucified on Friday, it's two days before that, this woman comes in and breaks open this bottle of perfume that is worth a year's wages to the point that everybody in the room says, whoa, you're, you're wasting an incredible treasure. Mm-hmm. This could be sold and help so many poor people, they said, right. under the guise of... Well, <laughs> you know, why are you wasting this? Yes. But perfume is meant to be spilled out. That's what it's for. Right. And she anoints Jesus with this richly scented oil-based perfume all over his hair and his beard and his and his clothes and his skin. Uh, within about 24 to 30 hours, he's being whipped mm-hmm. and he's covered in this perfume that he's not washed off. Yeah. And it's releasing the scent of this perfume that was something only wealthy people in royalty could really afford. Mm. And so he's going through his whole scourging as this person who every time he's struck, the scent of opulence is released into the oh, air, wow. like this extravagant, it gets getting me right now, yeah. like this extravagant mm. gift is just being poured out. Yeah, And what Jesus said to her, when they all said, "So many poor people could have been helped if she'd have just used, treated this like a commodity yeah. instead of a perfume," yeah. he tells them and he tells her, "She's done a beautiful thing. Yeah. She's preparing me for my burial." Yeah, and I just can't get over that—that he—that he was—that he, was, he let her do that. He received it in a way. He defended her, and then the time that she did it made it so that he would have smelled like that for a week
0: mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm.
1: and and so all through his suffering he smells like royalty
0: yeah <sighs> that's yes I've never thought about that yeah it's that's it's crazy. right there it's yeah. it's mentioned you know it's yeah.
1: they describe the perfume they describe when it's happening yeah. oh, it's amazing it's
0: amazing thank you for doing this thank you for doing these books they I feel like just hearing you say all this, I feel like, man, there, this is going to open our eyes to so many pieces of the gospel in China where the Bible is not really allowed to be around. Yeah. Um, I had a friend there say, he said, well, I guess if everybody knew the power of the gospel, it'd probably be illegal everywhere.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> and
0: I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. If we actually believed that the gospel was as powerful as it is, every government wouldn't wouldn't want the gospel to spread. Yeah.
1: They, they would, would at, at the bare minimum they would see it as a huge threat. Right. right. Uh, to autonomy.
0: Right. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It is. I know. Um okay, Russ. Well, we are going to I'm I'm really I mean, I cannot tell you what a gift it feels like that the passion of the King of Glory is coming out right now that I can it can walk with me through this next season. I'm really excited. Good, good. So
1: I, I want to hear about it. I want to hear. Will you? Yeah, will, will you, uh,
0: yeah I'll tell you. Uh,
1: tell me through the socials. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll just tell I you watch, in real life. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm watching.
1: I'm watching your Insta stories all the time.
0: It's ridiculous. Why does anyone give me access to that thing? <laughs> it is more than I should be allowed to do. Hey, you know how we always end the show? We talk about something fun. So okay. tell me what you're doing lately that's fun for you.
1: Okay. One of the things that I'm doing lately that's been fun for me is that something I've actually been doing for the last eight months now is yeah. every week on wednesday of my social media feed i post art uh,
0: oh really yeah
1: it's i call it art wednesday
0: oh yeah i have se- sorry You've when you say this? the hashtag i see it yeah, yeah
1: yeah 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 and i just will find some kind of you know theme whether it's all about a particular artist or yeah. a kind of painting like this past one was 4th of july and so yeah. i just did a classic american paintings yeah uh, and i'll post about nine or 10 of them yeah. over the course of a day and it is so much fun for me um, because I'm not promoting a book with it. I'm yeah. not, I'm just trying to give people, some, the whole people idea art. was I wanted to put something, um, beautiful and thoughtful yeah, and in, into the social media world. yeah. And, uh, so my commitment is to do it for 52 weeks in a row. So okay. a full year I am. Did you start in January? No, I started in November, first week in November. Oh,
0: so you're like,
1: I'm, I'm close. You're I'm gonna, on the
0: backside.
1: I'm going to make it. Yeah, I, for I mean, sure. You're going to make it. <laughs> I'm going to make it. So, uh, what but, made
0: you pick that date in November? What happened that day?
1: Uh, I had just come back from a trip to Israel yeah. and I had um, spent a couple of days in New York before I went yeah. and went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art and to the Museum of Modern Art and I saw um, Van Gogh's Starry Night and took a bunch of pictures of art and just posted a bunch of it and didn't really have a vision for doing Art Wednesdays as yeah. a thing, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then the next Wednesday, I posted some more, and then yeah. and then I thought I should keep this going,
0: yeah, because
1: I love art, yeah, and I want you know I love the idea of talking about art in a lowbrow kind of way, for sure. Um, and so that's what I've
0: only people who can talk about it highbrow appreciate talking about it lowbrow. So thank you for being normal <laughs> like us for being highbrow so that yeah. you can help us appreciate. Well, art.
1: it's it's been that's been a lot of. I love fun. it. Yeah.
0: When y'all went to Israel, did you get a tattoo like everybody else on your trip? All of y'all got tattoo You did. What's your... I don't know that symbol this is.
1: this is the Jerusalem cross. Okay. It was from a... The way that that shop did a lot of their tattoos and historically have is they have wooden carved stamps. Yes. And they will ink the stamp, transfer the ink, transfer the stamp onto the arm or the wherever it is, and then they will tattoo over the stamp. Yeah. Um, so this one comes from a wooden stamp that was over 500 years old. Yes.
0: That's why I love that particular tattoo yeah, shop,
1: you know, and so the Jerusalem cross is a a, a big cross with four crosses around it, mm-hmm. and it represents the big cross represents Jerusalem and Christ. Uh-huh. and then the four crosses around it represent uh, the four Gospels and the Gospels going out to the four corners of the world.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. And
1: so to get that in Jerusalem, yeah um, as a you know as somebody who what I do is I work with the story of the Bible in yeah. a variety of ways, yeah. Uh, to see it go out and to you know, I felt like, well, this is what I do. This yeah. is this is who I am.
0: Yeah. And so,
1: uh, it's pretty awesome. I don't regret it one That's, little oh, bit.
0: Oh, next time I'm in Jerusalem, I ha- like that is I've been twice, and the yeah. second time we were searching everywhere for that tattoo shop and we couldn't find it. Oh, it's, and then y'all it's, went and found it. Yeah,
1: it's hidden away, but you need yeah. to. You, they have a Facebook page. Yeah. Razook. Okay. Razook okay. Tattoo. Their tagline is. Um, authentic tattoos since 1300 <laughs>
0: I love just it just let that sit with you for a yes. second yes that's he, the way because a bunch of our friends got or Jen for sure Jen Jet got yeah. a white one yeah I was I, I mean was standing
1: right next to Jen Jet I
0: know
1: when she got that tattoo
0: I know yeah. I'm gonna do it. I dreamed two nights ago. I have, Jen's drawing me a new tattoo that oh, i was gonna she? get. Yeah, and I dreamed two nights ago that I got a bunch of tattoos on my arms, and I looked down and I didn't know what most of them meant. And I was like, <laughs> "What have I done?" I like they were inside jokes. I knew in my head they were inside oh, jokes. That's- I'd forgotten. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? They were all over both of my arms, so yeah, now I'm a little scared. But Jen's drawing me one that is matters that's, for me. Today. That's
1: the story of a lot of tattoos, right? right there. I know that's, it was like I
0: dreamed that I yeah. was the drunk girl who got a tattoo and didn't know what it <laughs> meant, but I wasn't drunk. I just yeah. had done it on purpose.
1: Yeah, I remember when when he was when they were getting ready to do the. Jerusalem cross. He was explaining to me. Um, Anton Razouk yeah. was explaining to me the stamp, and ju- just to kind of as an aside, he said, "Yeah, that that stamp that you're holding in your hand was carved before um, Christopher Columbus set foot on the North American continent." Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, "Okay, okay, casual. Thanks for the history yeah. lesson. You know, it's <laughs> amazing. My, my house was built in 1981. <laughs> so there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right.
1: <laughs> and we think it's old.
0: And we think it's old. That's right. That's right." Oh, yeah. that's
1: awesome. Yeah. Well done. So I have I can't wait to see the tattoo you get when you go back.
0: I know. I can't yeah, I yeah. will I will do it. I love a, I love getting tattoos, even though I always get white ones, so you uh-huh. can't see them, but I love oh, getting really? tattoos. Yeah, I have two, so you can't even see them. Nope. Oh, Persevere I Persevere yeah, right yeah. there and Grace right there. Yep, yep. So Jen's going to give me another one that I'm going to do kind of where yours is right there. Yeah. Um, right. I'm saying a lot of right there, which is real helpful for right the people there. who are on my left wrist and on my right wrist. Uh-huh. Um, well, Russ, thank you for being on the show and for doing this. I'm I'm grateful you're a pastor in my life. Oh, thank you, so I'm really thankful. Yep.
1: It's good to be here.
0: I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Russ as much as I did. Make sure you check out his books, all three of them that just released last week. That's pretty baller. The Advent of the Lamb of God, The Passion of the King of Glory, and The Mission of the Body of Christ. They are all available at your favorite local bookstore, your favorite Christian bookstore, if there's one in your town, or online at Barnes & Noble or Amazon, wherever you love to get your books. And make sure you follow Russ on Instagram, Twitter, all the places, and tell him thanks for being on the show. Hey, if there's anything I can do for you, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. You know it. Annie F Downs all over the place. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you need me. That is how you can find me, AnnieFDowns.com. I am here for you if I can help you. So holler at me. Thank you guys so much for being with us today. I hope you will go out and do something that sounds fun to you. I am going to just keep celebrating the World Cup victory. I just, mm, what a great tournament. I can't wait to have Dave and Aaron back on the show really soon. Like we're talking like in the next couple of weeks don't worry like real soon we're gonna have dave and aaron back chatting about the last couple of games of the tournament so you go out and do something that sounds fun to you as well and we will see you on thursday with my friend jeremy courtney y'all have a great day